Hello out there world, welcome to episode 3 of The Modern Educator. Today, uh, this is going to be kind of a longer episode, I'd imagine, because I've listed out my greatest successes in the world of education. Uh, a lot of times, teachers get really discouraged and feel they aren't making a difference and feel like, ah oh, man, like, how, how can I reach these kids? Uh, but uh, I've, I've really spent some time thinking about the kids that I really did reach over uh, the last 10 years of my career in the world of education. Uh, I will not use any of these kids' real names, as FERPA guidelines dictates, um, but I will uh, share the scenarios and hopefully provide some inspiration for people to continue to fight the good fight. Um, let's start it off with uh, the time I was doing tutoring uh, after I graduated, or I guess I was simultaneously still enrolled in teacher college. Um, I got uh, contracted to work with this family in Lemon Grove, California, and I was originally contracted to help the daughter of this family with math, but very quickly I made a, a close friendship relationship with the, uh, the matriarch of this family, and she insisted that I also teach her middle child how to read. And uh, I, I was much more confident in math at that point, how, how, how much my life has changed. And um, uh, her middle child, uh, this boy was uh, either in late elementary school or early middle school, and he could read fine, but he was shockingly slow painfully slow at reading so much to the point that it was taking him hours to get through his homework every day and, and you know the mom said well, something's got to happen here and i i tried reading with the the boy a little bit and i knew he could you know form grammar form words but his brain i think didn't really trust himself to uh to to i don't know go at a brisk pace through a book so i came up with this strategy i said hey can i get some like, you know, baby books like Clifford the Big Red Dog and like, you know, those books that just have one sentence per page. And I said, I'm going to do speed reading with this kid. And I first modeled it to him and I, you know, just zoomed through this book and, you know, Clifford saw the big red ball. And I just flipped pages really fast, read every sentence. And then uh, I had the boy do the same thing. And at first... He was also really slow, really, like, detailed with his reading. And I said, you just got to go quicker, dude. You got to go quicker. Like, I did the whole book in 29 seconds, and it took you a minute 30. And we just kept drilling and drilling and drilling. And we did it with, I think, like, five baby books. And then when I brought him back to, you know, the, the middle school level book, uh, at first he was slow, but I could tell he was improving. Um, and eventually, after a couple more sessions and a couple more tries kid was perfect like man i was like a i was like an educational diagnosis person back then and, I, and that's that's actually something I, I wish i could do professionally diagnose learning deficiencies and come up with uh prescriptions and uh, ways to immediately solve this stuff and yeah and that that experience was was really my first breakthrough with uh with a student um, and yeah, that, you know, as, as far as I know, that, that kid never really had reading problems again. Um, yeah, and, and really like all these stories that I'm about to say at this episode, uh, so many of them are me giving extra time and extra attention to a kid 
and I identified their issues and I helped them. Uh, and I, I really want to make this argument like I'm about to start the school year and I've heard rumors that I'm going to have 50 kids in each class. And it's almost impossible to make personal connections with students when there's just too many bodies in the room. Um, so it's, it, it's not encouraging for my goal as an, uh, an evaluator of learning and learning styles when I just can't give every kid the attention they deserve. Um, but anyway, let me, let me keep going with more stories. I'll try to do these in as chronological order as best I can. Uh, the next one is a, a, a middle school girl of mine who I taught in South Korea. And I remember she was in my very first class I ever taught in South Korea. I was teaching English. And she was, I think, one or two years older than all the other kids in that class. And in Korea, like, age seniority is a big deal. Like, the whole Korean language is based around age seniority. And she admitted to me, like, I feel really bad because I'm the oldest person in this class and everyone else must think I'm dumb. Um... And I remember her English was kind of broken, uh, kind of scattered. Um, and I went through the lessons I was assigned to go through uh, at my school in South Korea. I wasn't allowed to really make anything my own. Um, and uh, gosh, I remember back then, especially in my, my first couple months teaching Korea, I, I taught these just robotic English lessons. And in my soul, I thought, man, nothing is getting through to these kids. Like, they're just blindly repeating the same sort of phrases, learning the same styles of vocabulary. And I really doubt anything major is connecting in their minds. Um, but sure enough, this girl who, uh, uh, the same girl, I taught her again in English level, I think, 12. I think it was really close to the top. My last uh, session teaching in Korea, so two years later... And her English had improved amazingly. Like I, I was shocked that the program worked. Um, and you know, she, she was a kid who didn't give up, and we were having full blown conversations at the end. And I was like, "Wow, like the system works. Kids get smarter if they just keep at it." So yeah, that was that was a really good one. Um, all right, this. Uh, uh, this this next story is about when I got back from Korea, I was a speech and debate assistant coach at Helix High School. And I remember um, there was a, a kid who I worked a lot with. He was a, a funny speaker, and I, I sort of tend to enjoy the humorous speaking. Um, and I knew he was a talented kid, like, uh, but, you know, he still is like, Mr. Brown, can you watch me? do my speech and give me ideas about how I can be better. So I said, yeah, of course. Uh, watched the kid like two or three times. I knew he was good. He's great. Uh, and sure enough, we go to a speech and debate tournament. Uh, kid's up there at the trophy line. He ends up being the last kid there. He gets first place in, in humor speaking. And as he walks back to the stands, he he says, Mr. Brown, this trophy is because of you. And And that made my heart sink. Like, that is exactly what you want to hear as a teacher. You you want to know, like, wow, like, what I did made a difference. Because some days it doesn't feel like that. Some days it feels like you're 
you're fighting the tide of uh, student disobedience and, and student disinterest. But but that kid was great. He uh, he, he really motivated me to that, that I was doing a good job. Um, uh, another story. This is uh, also when I was teaching at Helix High School in San Diego when I got back from Korea. I did sort of a, a long-term sub-position as a technology teacher. And I remember there was this one girl. She was really soft-spoken, really shy, but she loved making stuff on the computer. She was a Photoshop whiz, uh, designing all this stuff. And the lessons that I taught in that class, I didn't make those lessons. They were sort of given to me to do. Uh, she exceeded those lessons beyond belief. And she was so excited to, to show me what she made. And, and at first it was weird because I remember she didn't talk to me for a while. But when I enforced her, like, wow, this is cool stuff. You're doing a good job. She's like, really? And and I was her favorite teacher ever after that point. Um, and and honestly, like, I, I knew when I was moving to Las Vegas and not going back to, to Helix High School, I was like, man, that kid's going to be really sad that I'm not around to, to encourage her and motivate her. Um but you know that's that's just the way of the way of teaching. So I, I hope she she stays positive. Um, all right, let's let's talk about uh, the rest of these students are all from my my Vegas time, um, and all these kids had me as their history teacher, and for the most part the story is the same. The story is when they came into my class, they showed disinterest in history, disinterest in teachers generally not excited about school but based on my teaching style my interest in them and maybe they just generally like my somewhat silly personality uh i got the kids at least interested hooked um yeah and uh, I'll, I'll say some interesting stories uh the first one this is a girl who's in my uh, second period my first year teaching at rancho high school I knew she had band for first period, and every day the other kids in band would always be a little bit late because you know the band room was on the other side of the school, and I could tell they were like running, so I wasn't that mad. But uh, this girl, uh, after the first couple weeks of school, she was the first kid in the class, and I come to her and I talk to her. I'm like, "Hey, uh, didn't you just come from band?" And she says, "No, Mr. Brown, I ditch band every day. The teacher hates me. I hate that teacher. Blah blah blah." And I'm like, whoa, you know, you shouldn't ditch your classes. What's up with that? And she says, well, Mr. Brown, I would just ditch all day, but your class is the only one I care about. I was, I was like, wow, like, man, I, I somehow uh, personally engaged that kid to show up to school in the first place. So I think that's, that's a win for me. Um, uh, another one, there was this uh, a female student in my seventh period, total punk attitude, like, you know, black eyeliner, black clothes, sliding some middle fingers here and there in my direction. Um, and I knew, I was like, man, it's going to be tough to reach this kid. It, it really is. And I, I just put some extra effort to notice, uh, you know, she would she would draw some stuff on, on her work and I would uh, say that, you know, it's good. And I somehow got what she was interested in and included that in the class and that whole year she still hated me <laughs> like she she was not a fan of my class while she was in it but uh her next two years of high school 
this kid, probably more than any other kid, just came in to my room before, after school, when I had my door open, being like, hey, Mr. Brown, I want to talk about my problems. Hey, Mr. Brown, you are such a great teacher. Like, whoa, like, I, I, it, it took a while for, for you to open up to me, but it, it shows that with persistence and commitment, you can sort of break the barrier that teenagers put up towards adults. Um, and that actually leads me into this teaching strategy that applies to quite a few of these cases. Um, and I, I sort of understand the strategy best by describing the emails that I get from the superintendent. I guess now we have a new superintendent. So uh, in the emails from the old superintendent, Pat Sarkowski, they always ended with the line, reach every kid every day, no excuses. And when I thought about that last line in the email, I was like, no, Pat, like I've got 45 kids in this room. I've only got 52 minutes to talk about the Black Death. How am I going to make sure I reach every single kid? Um, but uh, I, I've used that strategy actually in this way. When I am doing a lesson, you know, talking to the students or monitoring them doing group work or something like that, I do use Pat's motto of reach every kid every day. Every every single day, I will give every kid one redirection. You know, if you are sneaking text messages on your phone, if you are totally off task in a group assignment, I will come up to you and I will say, hey, kid, get back on task. And then I'll, you know, move away and I'll keep instructing other students or continue the lesson or something. And if that kid gets off task a second time that day, I'm just going to leave them as long as they're not distracting other students because I can't waste time to dedicate to one bad apple. I have to save as much of the bunch as I can. But that means every day I will redirect every student one time maximum. But if you continue to just sneak texts on your phone, continue to look at yourself in your little mirror, whatever kids do. Um, I'll, I'm just going to let you go. Uh, I can't force you to learn, but I will do my due diligence to redirect you one time. And I will do that every single day. I will give you one redirection each day. And that really comes to mind with a student I had two years ago in my fifth period class. He was this boy who was so disinterested, just looked like he could not care what the topic was, what we were learning about. Kid just gave up on school. And every single day, went up to this kid, redirected him, told him to get back to work, at, encouraged him to be involved in my class. And most of the time, he would just look at me with this blank stare, just this, why should I care kind of look. Um, and then I, I just said, okay, and, you know, I moved on and the kid generally was disengaged the rest of the day, but Hey, I tried, I tried one time. And the reason why this is ultimately a success story is because about halfway through the year, the kid started to care. He started to raise his hand, started to participate. I was just like, what? Wow. You know, consistency is everything with these students. You really can reach anyone, um, but yeah, look, there are plenty of kids that I never reached. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie and say that 
every single student who entered my classroom had a, had a positive connection with me. Uh, I knew some students who straight up admitted to me that they were racist, that they said, Mr. Brown, I don't want to learn from you because you're a white man. And I was just like, man, well, well, I don't know if I can change that. Hopefully I can maintain my positive attitude. Uh, try to encourage you that you're cool no matter what. Um, yeah, I, I mean, heck, I could talk about those kids in the failure episode that I'll do next. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, some more students that I, I know I reached, and I reached them really well. Uh, there was this boy in my seventh period, my first year, who was so smart. Way, like this kid's like AP, probably should quit high school and go straight to college. Um, but he was he was just the, the bright light at the end of my day of, of uh, trudging through a day of teaching. And then I get this kid who's just always super engaged, asking great questions, thinking every word I say is hilarious, enjoying all my simulations. Um, and this kid, he, uh, he graduated last year and we, we do this thing at Rancho high school where, when the seniors, uh, it's like the last day for the seniors, they come up to this line of all the teachers and the teachers get to hug them and shake their hands and all this. And this kid, he, he was just, he was so excited to give me a hug. And, uh, he, he, he mentioned, he told me like before your class, I hated history. But after your class, history is now my favorite thing. Um, and even the two years after my class, he would come in all the time and say, Mr. Brown, did you read the news? Mr. Brown, did you see how this thing connects to the opium in China lesson we learned about? And I was just like, man, this, this kid's doing exactly what I wish every kid uh, would do, which is he used my knowledge and applied it to the real world and understands that history has a purpose. Um, that's just great. Um, another success this is another speech and debate team success. Um, my uh, first year in speech and debate, there was this boy who really, really, really loved debate. And he was an okay debater. But um, he decided to try the uh, sort of acting events of speech and debate, which I'm sort of the expert in. And he did this dramatic speaking event. And you're, you must do your speech between roughly 8 to 12 minutes. And he kept getting disqualifications because his speech was going 15 minutes. But I saw in the disqualification paper, it was like, this kid's really good. He just needs to be shorter. So in the middle of that same tournament where he's getting these dequals, I said, hey, show me this speech you're doing. I've never you know, really seen you as a speaker. I don't really know what you're capable of. He showed me a speech and I was blown away. Just this kid is an incredible speaker. And immediately I gave that kid feedback like, you've got to cut the part where you're in middle school and then it'll be easily nine minutes. Uh, and also, you're an incredible speaker. This needs to be your primary event. I'm going to work with you directly you know, forever. Um, and uh, yeah, then the next year he got this new speech I helped him cut it. I made sure it was right around 10 minutes. And every single tournament, this kid was top three. So many first places. Uh, he got first place in the state of Nevada. Uh, I got to take him to the national tournament. At the national tournament, he didn't place. But this like this kid really, really made it. Um, 
and uh, I, I only found out later that he was going through all kinds of problems at home and like potentially dealing with homelessness and I think he really channeled a lot of that difficult experience he was having in his home life into his acting and I, I had no idea at the time but now I absolutely get it um, yeah and, and yeah I had a had a great great hug with that kid too at the end of the school year um, he even gave me a shout out on Facebook which I thought was was really awesome saying that I inspired him to to go to college and to to be a better better person so good good on that guy um yeah here's here's another success story i have uh had this boy last year who really really sucked at writing like penmanship and just sentences like boys oh my gosh this this kid had some kind of serious disconnect between the pencil and the idea um and i said all right you know i really really care about is this kid learning history and i'm gonna make some small progress with his writing so every time we had a test this kid had the option to just sort of talk to me and he thought that was just awesome because i think this kid was really just discouraged and disheartened with his terrible writing and penmanship um so i would pull this kid aside or he would come in before or after school and we would just have a conversation i'd sort of read these longer questions and he'd give me detailed answers and the kid was always spot on uh the kid also loved my games kid also just thought i was funny i really engaged with this kid a lot um so much so that uh he became my student aide the next year and was so excited to be my student aide kid did everything i asked of him uh, and I, I think I even got an email from this kid's parents being like, our son was really struggling with his social life, with school, and you motivated him to become the, the better person that he is now. And, and that email was really awesome, uh, knowing that this kid talked to his parents and was like, Mr. Brown makes it happen for me. So, fantastic. Um, and uh, this this next one, uh, I'm I'm actually gonna read this one. So hold hold up for a second. Um, All right. So this this next one I want to talk about. Uh, I'll every single day when students come into my class, I stand at the door and I greet them by name. It's like, you know, these aren't real names. Jerome, how's it going, man? Hey, how was basketball practice yesterday? You make some hoops? Oh, hey, what's up, Susan? Yeah, girl, your makeup on point today. Like, I, I always say just something to engage with the kid, and usually it's because I know their personality or something, and, and I just get them smiling right off the bat. Uh, I do it with everyone. Even the kids that I know hate me. Even with the kids that, that I have some some problems with. I, I get over it, and I do my job. I... I engage with students um, and uh, I there's this girl in my fifth period class last year who generally quiet kid now I mean I, I'd have some very short conversations with her um, but she tended to sit in the back uh, did well on tests definitely learned definitely answered questions but not really an outgoing personality kid so I, I felt like I didn't really make a, a great connection with her but sure enough on teacher appreciation day I got this note that I'm going to read to you now. 
Uh, Dear Mr. Brown, today on Teacher Appreciation Day, I want to thank you for your awesome teacher skills and uplifting energy. I've had many teachers, and I can say that you have been the best out of all of them. I've learned so many things from your class, and you have inspired me to continue learning more about world history. I really enjoy the way you run your class, and it's the only class where I'm 100% paying attention. This year has been full of changes for me, and a lot of hard spots, but your class makes it a lot easier to get through. Sometimes I come into your class on the verge of tears, because of bad things in my life, and I leave teary after laughing so hard in your class. So once again, I want to thank you for a hilarious and fun year. And there's this picture of me fighting a swan. That's a, that's a story I say in my class. Um, and I had no idea. I had no idea about that kid. I, I just, you know, there it is. It's just being a consistent, good dude makes you have a connection with kids. Um, that's, man, I, I think that's just so basic. But I, I know there's plenty of teachers that really don't take the time to engage with their students, take the time to entertain their students. Um, you know, my father always tells me that I'm, I'm just a good presenter. I'm just a funny guy, and I can engage with people and get to know people. And I could probably be an excellent salesman, like no doubt about that. But it's sort of like I'm, I'm selling history to kids, and I'm selling an excitement of learning to kids. And I reach them. I reach them in a way that I wish I could put up in a, in a, in a bottle of energy and sell it or something. Uh, but yeah, those have been some of my, my greatest successes in the world of education. I hope there's, there's many more to come. So uh, yeah, if you have any other ideas of things you'd like me to talk about in regard to being a teacher, go ahead and send me an email at vegasmoderneducator at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. Peace out.